Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the See It To Be It podcast sponsored by On The Dot. We are so excited to have you here today. We love bringing you incredible role models, and today is no different than any other day. We've got two amazing women, and I'm excited because it's a mother-daughter team, which I think is super cool, and how they formed their business together. So I'd love to welcome Heidi and Tori Gadal. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yes, we're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. And they have a super cool company they form called She Factor, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But before we get started, I'd love for y'all to just jump back. And Heidi, I'll start with you. You know, what was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you were going to be doing when you grew up? And how did your path change or stay the same? Well, I loved advertising, the advertising world. I interned for my aunt and uncle during high school that had an agency and fell in love with it. At the same time, Allie McBeal was a big show and 30 something or the show with the parents that were in advertising. So my dream was to be an account executive and live in Chicago or New York or San Francisco and work on the big accounts. Excellent. Well, you know, that's so funny. That was exactly my dream. How did you get on the path that you're on today or with your other businesses? Oh my goodness, my life's like a made-for-TV movie, lots of twists and turns, but the gist of it is I went to California after I graduated from CU Boulder, and I grew up in California, so it wasn't a stretch, and worked for an agency for a couple of years, and you know it was just so expensive to live out there, and you didn't get paid much in advertising, so I decided to come back to Colorado. There was no advertising agencies here. There was no business here. So I got into pharmaceutical sales, which I like to call it the golden handcuffs. It was a great job, good money, company car, but I was bored. I was so bored. It wasn't my passion. So I would sit with my husband at the time and we'd write up ideas on the back of napkins at restaurants or sitting at the bar. And one of our ideas that we came up with was to create a really cool place for dogs. Like back then, the kennels were just all outside, chain link, concrete, nothing like the kennels of today. And we thought, my goodness, there's got to be a better way to do this. About the same time, one of the first doggy daycares in the Western United States opened up near my dad's business. So Brian and I would go over there and look and be like, oh my God, this is the coolest business. We want to do one of these someday. So we wrote a business plan and called it Camp Bow Wow. And shortly after that, for Brian's 25th birthday, our family bought him a present to go up in an old uh, fighter plane that did stunts or air shows done by a friend of ours who was a United Airlines pilot. And unfortunately, the they did all the stunts. They went to do a flyby over my folks. I wasn't there to watch and the plane crashed. And both my husband and my dad's good friend were killed in the accident and my life completely changed. I put the business plan aside and ended up just having a really rough five or six years and got very sidetracked. One of the good distractions or sidetracks was that I remarried and had Tori out of the deal. So... That was a very bright spot in all of that. So about six years after the plane crash, I'm a single mom. The marriage afterwards did not work. We're still very good friends. We were great friends in high school and we're better off friends than we were married. So that was my second marriage where I had Tori and came out of it. Five years later, my brother's like, you are so lost. Like we need to get you back doing your passion. Let's take Mm -hmm. out that old business plan for Camp Bow Wow and see if we can't get it started. So we did, and I had $83,000 left of a million-dollar settlement that I got from the plane crash, and we put it all into Camp Bow Wow, and it took off and built that for about 15 years until I sold it in late 2014 
And at that time, Tori was just in college, just getting going. And I got really passionate about education and helping the youth of our country figure out what they wanted to do. And I ran for office and became an elected regent at the University of Colorado. So She Factor was born of that. And I'll let Tori tell that story. Very interesting. And what an amazing tribute to sort of reach back to that idea on a napkin with your first husband and then to have that business. And of course, who hasn't heard of Camp Bow Wow? And you were so early on the cusp of this dog obsessed world. Well, I think we were always dog obsessed, which mine, <laughs> mine's just laying right over here. She's probably going to bark at some point. But I don't even think people really knew it until they started getting into this and the kind of money that people are willing to spend on their pet with the kind of luxury. So you were really so early on the cusp of that. That's awesome. Okay. So Tori, tell us your big dream when you were growing up. what did you think you're going to do? Of course, you were watching your mom as an entrepreneur. What did your path look like? I did not want to be an entrepreneur. I watched her go through all the ups and downs of running a business and franchising. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. In all honesty, I loved entertainment. I grew up in theater and singing and dancing. And I always thought that I would go some way down that path. You know, when I was little, it was either a pop star or a Broadway star was my dream. And then as I moved into college, my dream became wanting to be the host of E! News and really do broadcast journalism or sports journalism. And that really just decided in late end of college after being president of my sorority, president Panhellenic, I loved leadership and I loved personal development. And I really wanted a deeper meaning in my life that I knew I wasn't going to find in broadcast journalism, just talking about pop culture or sports. So I ended up not going down that road and ended up actually taking a job in IT staffing right out of college because I honestly truly had no idea what I wanted to do. I did 45 informational interviews spring break of my senior year, hated all of them and wanted to move to Portland to be with my boyfriend at the time after going to University of Oregon. Staying in Oregon was something that was important to me. So I took this job and a year into it was just absolutely miserable. My mom talked about going to pharmaceutical sales and the golden handcuffs. And I followed that path exactly with my sales job. So I was really passionless, couldn't decide what my purpose on this earth was. And then at that moment, Heidi, my mom came to me with this idea saying, I really want to write a book. People want me to write about my entrepreneurship journey, but I'd really rather write a letter to my 20 year old self. You know, I'm seeing you struggle through this. I'm seeing all these students struggle through this. We really need to help specifically women find their purpose early on and create a life they love. Like there's no balance in everything. And this was when I was at my lowest point. I mean, everything in my life was falling apart. I was the heaviest I'd ever been because I wasn't paying attention to my health. My mental health was the worst it'd ever been. My finances, my relationships, it was like everything was just trickling down. So I was kind of the guinea pig to She Factor to see if this methodology in this book that she wrote was really working and if it was worth turning into something bigger. And boy, let me tell you, it turned my whole entire life around. It did a 180. I lost 35, 40 pounds within the matter of a couple months. I was on my path to working for She Factor full time, which I then ended up making the move and, and doing that. I bought a house. I became my happiest, most confident version of myself after following this process my mom put me through. So it's funny. Now I have a podcast and it's going really, really well. It's super successful. It's one of the most successful pieces of She Factor. And looking back and thinking, oh, broadcast journalism, I'm doing exactly what I ever wanted to do. But I found that meaning with it, getting to interview incredible women just like you are and getting to be kind of like the producer, the editor, the interviewer. I get to do all the things. So I did follow my path in some weird, twisted way. Yeah, it is super fun, isn't it? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I always say to people, you know, I think that the thing that I love most about my job, I do multiple things, but I've also had a magazine for 18 years called Austin Woman. I meet the most incredible, interesting women all the time. And it's so fulfilling and really fills my cup. And I want that for other people. And I think that's great that you're working on that. So I'm always working on how do I connect women and make sure they have access to other incredible women. And I think it's really great that you're doing this for young women, because I think that we live in such a disconnected world right now. And especially with remote working, I mean, that's just added another layer. But even so, you know, I marvel even at some of my young employees like just the way in which they interact, very different from how I interact, you know, with my friends and, you know, really kind of teaching, just building those bonds and that communication and how successful you can be when you come together. So that's amazing that you do that. I'd love to hear from both of you as you've sort of developed She Factor. And obviously, Heidi, you had this idea, sort of this multi-step, which I want to hear a little bit about as well. But what do you see as the biggest challenge for young women today? And as you've taken women through these steps, what have you sort of identified? Well, I think the basis of She Factor came from my intuition when I spoke to young people that there was a definite lack of confidence in young women and a falling lack of self-esteem. Like they just didn't have this idea that they could go out and do all these big things that we said they could do and that they'd have the support there. So they're almost timid about it. So I wanted to give them a toolkit of things that they could use to improve their confidence, better understand what their talents are, what their sweet spot is as far as a career was, and how to build a life, not just a career. But that's why we have these nine spheres. It's, a, it's more holistic than just be a girl boss, go out and have a career. It's like, no, have a great relationship, have close ties with your family, build your friendships, feel good about yourself, get fit, you know, fuel your body with good things, build your faith, focus on freedom. You know, we all have a voice in this country and we have to use it. So there's lots of different parts to building a life that you love. And that's what I thought was missing out there and doing it in a way that gives confidence to these young women that they can go out and really figure out what they want to do, how they want to do it, and who they need to surround themselves with to get the job done. Very good. And Tori, is there anything beyond that that you see as a challenge? The biggest thing that I see, you know, I'm still 25, so I'm going through this with everyone else that's in our community. And that's the biggest thing that's missing is community. I think for me, you know, at the core of it, yes, is confidence. And I think once you find that confidence and find out who you are, how you work, you know, what motivates you, what your strengths are, you can attract the right people into your life. But just being a 20 something, moving to a new city, especially as most people do in their 20s and trying to find like-minded growth oriented women who you can surround yourself with is so difficult. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can go to the dry networking groups. You can, you know, try and I built a community at my company, but then after I left that community disappeared because I didn't have anything in common with them anymore. So that's really, I think, the biggest thing that I've seen missing, but also transform in what we've done. Like even from the beginning of March, we started doing these weekly virtual happy hours. And these women that have been consistently coming every week, their whole entire lives have transformed just by the fact that they have a group of women that they can turn to and talk to about the struggles that they're facing, talk to about their wins. You know, we're the first people that everyone tells big, important news to. And every single woman in this group has changed or transformed their life in some way or another since March, which has been amazing to watch. So I think that community piece, just having you know the women behind you to support you and cheer you on is so important. Mm, absolutely. Well, and of course, you know, I've been in this space for such a long time. 
So I've noted anecdotally, but now there's actually research, you know, from the University of Notre Dame that proves <laughs> that when women have a strong group of other women that are cheering them on, supporting them, helping them along the way, they are infinitely more successful than without it. And even they're more successful than if they have a group of mixed men and women. Somehow it's that, what you said, that like-minded, you need to feel like there are others like you and you need to look around and say, you know, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. I mean, which of course is actually the name of the podcast, the see it to be it, those role models. And we're days from the inauguration of our first female vice president. So I'd love to know how that makes you feel and what impact that you think that role models like this can have on the lives of young women. But one of my themes as an elected official in Colorado, I'm one of the only you know women that are doing that. Be the change you want to see in politics. You've got to use your voice. It's a scary time right now, but everybody has to speak out. But speak out in a way that is healing, is bringing people together, that attracts community. You don't have to attack the other side to have good ideas or good solutions. And really... Be very careful and intentional about your words. I mean, words matter. One of my favorite books is The Four Agreements. Your word is impeccable as one of those agreements. And I think our politicians and our leaders in government can take that to heart and know that what they say matters. Absolutely. We actually just released a podcast episode between my mom and I yesterday on our podcast about this theory that the fall of the girl boss, like how girl boss is now not politically correct and how... These female CEOs are kind of on a pedestal and falling off of them, essentially. And it's really interesting, you know, the moral of the conversation that we had is that there is sort of this lack of ethical leadership and lack of role models to look up to for women. Not only feel like we can come together and collaborate, but to just be inspired. Like there's either this, you're on a huge pedestal and you really look up to these women and that's all you follow. Like there's a small number of them that you look up to. Or you're searching for that. I mean, you're always searching for that inspiration. And we really need to be better as women about doing our research and finding women that inspire us and not be afraid or compare. I think that the problem is the comparison and basing our journeys off of these women when we can create our own journey. And that's really what we're trying to instill in women is like, yes, be inspired, but you are your own inspiration to really find that within you, become your best self. And it all comes from the inner work and the self-growth that you have to do for you. It's interesting because something that was really pivotal in my work was really understanding the power of relatable role models. We all love the Oprahs and the Michelle Obama and the big role models, whoever it is that you look up to. We can't see our path in their path because it's like they're just too far. And it's great because we get excited. But then I think in a weird way, it almost deflates us because we're like, oh, but I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that this relatable role model, and the interesting thing is I was doing research. I found that, you know, you hear about obviously inequality of pay, lack of access to capital, lack of access to networks, all these things that are holding women back. Number one, lack of access to relatable role models. If you can't see it, you can't be it. That's what honestly knocked me over with a feather because I was like, well, I can solve that. I mean, I meet women all the time, like you guys that are incredible, that are, you know, regular people who have just done things. You could say, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it too. And I think that that is so incredibly powerful and sharing those stories with other women. 
Tori, so you grew up with a mompreneur, (laughs) you know, know, and and someone who obviously, you know, did really well, had a lot of success, but, you know, you shared with us early on that you were like, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur because I watched the ups and the downs and the trials and, and tribulations. So what are some of the lessons that you learned from that, that maybe you bring into your entrepreneurial journey today? I think that it's just passion of having that underlying fire lit inside of you about whatever you're doing. And, you know, we've been asked this question so many times, you know, on different podcasts that we've been on or interviews we've done is, you know, you grew up with this inspiring mom. Like, why wasn't that something you wanted to do entrepreneurship? And I think it stemmed from me seeing how passionate she was about dogs and making that work and turn into a business. I never really had that thing that I was passionate about that I felt like I could turn into a business. And I think that's where it stems. And now with She Factor, like I was this, this was what I was going through and who I am. And I discovered that huge things that I was passionate about were women empowerment and leadership and personal development. Now I've been able to really cultivate that and find and create a community surrounding that for other women. So I think passion is a huge, huge lesson that I learned from my mom and just always following that. And another thing is just following your intuition. I mean, even with She Factor at the very early beginning days, we had so many people telling us that it needed to be a certain way. We had to do a certain thing with it. We had to do this or do that. And we always came back to, honestly, what her and I, at the very beginning of starting this, what we saw and we envisioned and sifting out those people that were telling us to do it a different way. It actually worked best when we did it the way that we imagined. So trusting your intuition is so important. And I watched her do that so many times with Can't Bow Out, just knowing what was right or what was wrong deep down within her and not listening to other people and seeing it not work when she did listen to other people and fall victim to that. She had some really tough times when she wasn't following her intuition and she was doing something that maybe was influencing her from the outside. And I think the most success that you will ever have will come from following that inner voice with inside of you. Yes, absolutely. I can't tell you how much I've learned from my young employees. I'm like, oh God, they're better at that than I, you know, I, I would love to know, like, what are some of those little nuggets? You're like, gosh, had I only known that. And so Heidi, what have you learned from Tori? I think there's so much. I've learned that she's an incredible writer and creator of content. Like, we can come up with an idea about something we should talk about or focus on at She Factor. And all of a sudden there's this beautiful campaign or these words in the Daily <laughs> She every night that come out. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. She's got a broadcast journalism degree. She's not, oh my gosh, she's totally using that now. And I think really watching her step into her voice and figuring out like how to stand strong on things she believes in um, has been really fun and entertaining to watch and for us to navigate. But what I've learned from her is how this younger generation learns, how they listen, how they engage, how they communicate. It's very different from my age. So Mm -hmm. I've had to lean on her to figure that part out. I can guess, but she lives it every day. Right. No, that's awesome. Give us the down low on She Factor. Tell us what the program's all about, how people can get involved, like what they expect to learn. Just, Just tell me the whole schmear. Yeah. So it started as the book, as we were talking about earlier, and the book is really a methodology to follow to create a life you love. So we created the six part methodology. It starts with your silhouette, which is an archetype test that we created. Um, really fun and relevant, helps you step into your power. You can be a guardian, a dreamer, a conqueror, an explorer, a director, a queen. So really just making that super easy for women to step into and remember and say, okay, this is my strength. This is who I am. And from there, it's about our nine spheres. 
So we've created this holistic balance in your life to help you set goals and hold yourself accountable within these nine different spheres. And it's not just about your career, like Heidi was saying, it's about all the different things. It's about fashion and future and finance and faith and favor giving back. And they all start with F if you couldn't tell. And then from there, it's about setting goals, holding yourself accountable with what we call your she factor score. So giving yourself a score and saying, where did I lack? Where can I grow? Surrounding yourself with the right people, which is what we call your SEAL team. That's your accountability team. And then your squad, which is really the movement that we're creating with she factor is this squad surrounding yourself with like-minded growth oriented women all around the country and around, around the world, honestly. And what we've created with that is, you know, before COVID, we were doing these in-person events in four different cities across the country and they met monthly and it was really fun happy hours. We brought in speakers. And when COVID happened, we completely pivoted and went virtual, obviously. And there's a huge need for that virtual connection right now. And so it's taken off. We've been doing these monthly virtual events and our next one is on future. We bring in three speakers and then on top of that, doing a virtual graduation party in May, we had 12,000 women attend that. We did a huge She Cares Wellness Summit, which is all around self-care and mental health. We had nearly 2,000, 3,000 women join us for that as well. And that was more corporate based. So this community aspect is really important. So it's transformed into a membership we just launched actually. And then these events, we just consistently keep doing because that community part is so, so crucial. And what we've heard from our audience, what they need the most. But of course, then we have the blog and the podcast and we just meet women where they're at. It, some people read blogs, some people listen to podcasts, some people like to come to events, whatever it is that they need, we want to meet them where they're at in their life and help them create a life they love. So that's kind of the gist of She Factor, but the core and the foundation of it is really this methodology to sneak into it all. Like let's help each other and support each other in creating this life that we love. Very cool. Heidi, so what's the future of She Factor? Where are you guys going next? What are you going to grow and do? I think our goal is to build a movement and we're getting that going. And now we're starting to reach out to other brands in our space and see if they want to partner and really leverage our growth so that we can all grow together and build a true community. Our goal was to reach a million young women in year one. And we did that. And now our goal is 5 million in five years. So that's where we're headed now. I think the way we do that, the podcast is working very well. The daily she email works great. The blog is really interesting and the website's very interactive. You can now go do your silhouette survey on there. And our events every month are fantastic. People just have a blast on those. So I'm looking forward to getting back to more live events. I think that's in the future, of course, at pop-ups and conferences and summits and retreats. But for now, we're going to have to do with what we've got and that's the digital world. So we'll continue to carve that path forward. Great. So as we close up, tell us where people can find out more information about She Factor. How can they get involved or become a member? So thesheefactor.com, go visit it. You can go to click on Girl Gang and under that you'll see free events and our membership and you can check those out. Our community is really focused on women in their 20s and 30s, but our events, we have women join us in all different age ranges. We have an employee who's actually in her 40s and she swears by the method and loves coming to the events and takes just as much out of it as she would if she were in her 20s. So we welcome all ages, but the content specifically, we focus on 20s and 30s because that's such an important pivotal age of your life in defining what the rest of your life will look like. You can, of course, follow us on Instagram at the she factor. And I also share all of the good, bad, and the ugly of the behind the scenes. And my mom does as well. So you can follow us at Tori Ganahl and at Heidi Ganahl on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate y'all coming on and sharing and I wish you so much success. Obviously, the more success that we can have in this space, 
the better we all are as women. So I love that you all are out there supporting women. So thanks for doing what you're doing and really appreciate you being on the show. Thank Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.